Welcome to Monoreal Radio Dockside Chat number 21. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. And we are coming to you live from a very cold Disney Springs. Listen, when we bought a house down in Central Florida, this is not what we signed up for. This is not what we assumed that we were getting. I am sitting here in gloves and a toque. You have a toque. Like nobody. I have a beanie, not a toque. Hockey players. I'm not Canadian. Hockey players call it a toque. We did not assume that um, we would be this cold being here in Central Florida. But uh, we are here. We are so excited. We have an awful lot to talk about. We have a pretty stacked show. More so than I even thought about uh, coming into this. But let's talk about the seasonal margarita. Before we get into anything, let's talk about the seasonal margarita. She's The Chipotle pineapple. One of your favorites. Yes. Well, we're going to say cheers. Cheers. What do you have there? You have the, I have the, the regular? Sun, I have the sunset. Traditional sunset? Yes. Oh. oh, that tequila just hits differently when it's in the 50s. How is yours? Delicious. She got a little kick. She got a little heat? But like just the right amount. Because I'm not, I don't love spiciness, but this is like just the perfect combo of sweet and spicy. Well, I am very excited to get into our conversation for this month's Stockside Chat. Yes, so much to talk about here. This episode is sponsored by Hidden Mickey Supply Co. Products include Disney and Pixar-inspired 3D straw charms, ornaments, and personalized photo nightlights. Listeners of Monoreal can get a 10% discount with the code MONOREAL10 at checkout. Visit Hidden Mickey Supply Co. on Instagram and Etsy to stay up to date on all of the new releases. All right, let's talk about when we left here... After the last Dockside chat, we had just had brunch with my mom and dad over at the boathouse. It was great. Um, uh, wait a second. Brunch was not all we had. Well, we, no. We gorged this ourselves. This you were true. very excited to share with your parents everything that we love about Disney Springs. So it wasn't just the boathouse house brunch. We covered that the last time. Yeah. We then took them to Raglan, where we got the Dalky duo. I, I was stuffed, and I was like, you're not actually going to order this thing, but... I did. You did. Um, and then... We had to take your parents to experience Gideon's. So we got the virtual queue. I stood online with your mom. She got to see the inside of Tim Burton's head, as I like to call it. Um, and we got some snacks for that night, uh, which they enjoyed. They seemed to really yeah. like theirs. Um, and we got a couple things to take home. Their slice that day, uh, or one of the specialty slices, was the cookie butter slice. I didn't even ask you. I didn't even have to. You didn't have to. Um, I I just got it. That is, I think, best thing I've ever had out of Gideon's. Like, the surprisingly, the buttercream to cake ratio was absolutely perfect. I thought it was going to be very, very sweet. Um, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. It was sweet. Don't get me wrong. It was one of the sweetest things we've had out of there. But, like, the cookie taste came through. It's probably my favorite cake slice. It's hard to say. It was outstanding. I don't know that I necessarily put it above the peanut butter and jelly cake. It's oh. but it's so well because no, this this is for me. This is for me. Well, you know what it is for me. The peanut butter and jelly. It's less sweet. I'm not a huge sweets guy. Like I like dessert, and the peanut butter and jelly is just a little bit more balanced. But that's not to throw shade at the piece that we did have. It was fantastic. I, I mean, look, I still. For me personally, I can't put anything above the um, the banana bread. The banana bread cookie, the, the 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 pumpkin pie was so close. 
And I love that all-American chocolate chip cookie. There's just nothing better at this point than oh, that banana meters, bread cookie. The, the banana bread cookie just to me is still over the top. Not one, but two things above the banana bread. Because we also did get some cookies, Abby. Um, we got the two holiday offerings. We did get the two holiday we got, offerings. We got the Krampus, which is one of my favorite things because when they package them, everything were they were like, we have to put the Krampus in its own separate box because it doesn't play well with others. Neither do I. And I, <laughs> I thought that I'm not going to play well with that person who's screaming over there in about two seconds. Um, no, I thought it was just like, oh, haha, like a fun Disney marketing thing. No, they said that they actually got complaints that everything tasted too minty if it was boxed <laughs> together. So I really love that they took it into account what their guests were experiencing and they packaged them up separately and then we also got forgive me I forget the name of it by this point it was like a white Christmas cookie it was a white sugar cookie um it, was it coffee was there coffee in it I believe so but it to me it tasted like cookies and cream and but almost like a macadamia cookie but there were no macadamia nuts no, in it that was but the it, weird it had thing, that profile it had the profile it had the but profile. it didn't have the macadamia nut I just realized something. Yeah. We have a Krampus frozen. I will 1,000% be defrosting that when we get home. We didn't know because we got two of each. We got two of each, so I froze some. That's right. Look, look, listeners, I'm not even going to lie. We came from Epcot. I'm having a situation. Like, this is going to be a very interesting episode. No, no, no. I want to eat everything. I'm having a situation. I want to eat everything. They're fine. I'm the one that's about to have the situation. <laughs> Call it what it is. I am a thousand percent defrosting that cookie, and maybe I will share it with you later. Very good. Maybe. I'm talking as if I ran a marathon here now. We'll get into that. 48.6. We're going to talk about that. That's a big part of this really action-packed Dockside chat. But yeah, my mom My mom's a big baker. You know, my mother had gotten the Betty Crocker scholarship out of high school. Um, you know, so for her to go and to be impressed. You know, my mom does, like, always was like the person that would bake the birthday cakes, make the cheesecake at Christmas. So for her to go into any bakery and be impressed, yeah, that within itself, deal. it's a big it's a deal. Really big I mean, deal. she absolutely loved going into Gideon's. And my father and I loved just sitting at Raglan and waiting for you guys to yeah, head out. Yeah, we did all the dirty work. So before we get into 2024 Marathon Weekend, there were a couple more yeah. things that we did um, before the end of the year in Disney Springs. Uh, we recorded our year interview episode, which yeah. you can, of course, go back and listen to. Um, but we recorded it. We switched it up a little bit. I mean, in all fairness, we knew what we were getting ourselves into. We did this the last week of December. It's one of the busiest times of the year here. Um, and we knew that Dockside was going to be way too crowded to record. Um, oh, it's the piano. It's the roving piano. She's on the roll. Not Douglas Fir, but she's... That's amazing. Um, so we knew it was going to be way too crowded here at Dockside to actually record our year in review episode. And too distracting of all things. Um... So we instead decided to switch it up and go to Everglazed. Um, part of that reason was also because I had off that week from work, so yeah. we got to come during the day, which was really, really Before nice. Before I could come to work. We got yep. some iced coffee, um, which was awesome. We had their seasonal iced coffee, the peppermint, I believe it was. It was good. Was. It was really good, um, which is a great alternative if you don't want to wait online at Gideon's 
Everglaze has some really bomb iced coffee. Uh, and then you got the peppermint donut, and I got the apple strudel donut, which was like the breakfast of champions, if you ask me. I was very impressed. So I was between the apple, before we had even spoken about it, I was between the apple and getting one of the seasonal offerings, um, and I was leaning towards the apple, because I'm more of like a fresh fruit kind of guy. You know, again, I don't love the sweets, but I figured we're here, it's Christmas time, let's lean into it. I really did enjoy that peppermint donut, though. Like, wasn't as sweet as I thought it would be. It was more like an Andy's candy, but with a little bit of candy cane. Um, but that that apple, though, that apple donut, I it mean, that awesome. stole the show. Probably awesome. the, and that's a standard probably donut. The best. You can get that any time. That probably, wasn't seasonal. Probably is the best donut I've had from Everglazed. Yeah, no. It was, it was like a great breakfast donut. Like, it was very filling. It wasn't overly sweet. It was like exactly what you'd want in a breakfast pastry. Um, so then because, you know, we did that the week between Christmas and New Year's, we weren't gluttons for punishment enough. Um, I owed you a birthday dinner because, you know, we celebrated with friends, but I always take you out for your birthday and (laughs) I owed you a make good. So of all things, you know, with like Morimoto on the table or any of the amazing restaurants at the hotel like he could have picked Citrico's like heck I would have taken him to Victoria and Albert's if he wanted the offer was on the table it in, was. in your defense it really was and you declined and you instead wanted to go to Terralina's Italian kitchen here at Disney Springs for reasons beyond my comprehension okay so we hadn't been to Terralina in about a year at that point it was the only time we had ever been to Terralina and, and I, we got we sat at the bar and we got a flatbread that time which was very and good. the mozzarella yeah and the, oh the mozzarella and I think we got the rice balls we kind of did a smorgasbord yes, of yes, uh, yes, of appetizers you were in full dopey mode at this point. I was full dopey training mode. And you needed to carb load. But I was impressed with the appetizers that we had at Terralina. Okay, let's go ahead and get Terralina for dinner. Um, that was not a mistake. If you are coming to Walt Disney World and you are looking for quality Italian food, you will be pleasantly surprised because not only is it a fairly easy reservation to get, but the quality of the food... I believe, in my opinion, is through the roof. I think that people are sort of turned off by the fact that you're able to get a reservation so easily, and they sort of equate that with, like, it's not good, and that's why there's so much availability. That's not the case at all. I think this is, like, the last best-kept secret at Disney that's easy to get a reservation. It's got quality Italian food. And for me to say that, me who is 100% Italian from New York, and I will be way too overly critical of Italian food. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was, like, the portions were great. Uh, the food was really, really good. The Those rice balls, though, are where They're it's so at. good, it's ridiculous. Like, I wish you could mo- mobile order them, because I would absolutely be doing that for the way home. And the olive oil with the bread was delicious. And, like, they have yes. their own label on it, which would lead you to believe that, like, you can go ahead and buy it and bring it home, but there was no place to buy it. Um, I had shrimp scampi. Oh, the shrimp scampi was unbelievable. It was so good. It was so delicious. And I had a bolognese, which was really good. I mean, that's... That's hard to get wrong. Well, it's not. I, I, mean, it's I, hard, say, I think it's, it's hard, hard to get, to get right. right. Because it's, it's hard the to get taste right. of the sauce. Get wrong. Yeah. yeah. 
No, and this was great. I was I was very impressed with it. It was everything that I wanted to be. It was perfect for like a chilly night. Uh, and then we got dessert, which good lord. I I don't know why we ignored the ganachery for so long, but we were wrong and we're sorry. The ganachery. Oh my god. People have talked about the s'mores from the ganachery for so long. We finally took the opportunity to go. My, oh, like, again, for somebody that's not a huge sweets person, and I'm not selling it very well at the start of this show, <laughs> that s'more that we had, it, it, I grew up roasting s'mores over the campfire. I have great memories of doing so. But that was the best s'more I ever had in my life. Yeah, and the, the peppermint is what puts it over the top. They have the seasonal peppermint one. It, it was so good. Everything is made fresh. Uh, I mean, there there is something about doing your own marshmallows in-house that, like, puts the thing over the top. Well, and they're you know, chocolate. Because it's, like, it's not stale. It's not sitting on a shelf at a store. No, and, and the chocolate it from is, the ganachery, yeah. let me tell you right now, I put it up against uh, Gear Deli. Oh, Gear yeah. Deli's right here, and Gear Deli's good. I'd rather go get chocolate from the ganachery, personally. But it's so nice that they make them all to order and they're not just sitting there and, like, throwing them under a heater. Uh, that made all the difference. And then um, we also got, um, to go, we got the Olaf hot cocoa bomb. Oh, man. Which is just delightful. Um, what we didn't realize is that each Olaf serves two people. I wish we would have known that going so in. So now we have a second one to use whenever we want. Maybe we'll do that tonight, too. Who knows? I don't know. Olaf is just sitting on the kitchen counter staring up at us <laughs> with a big smile on his face until we disintegrate him. Waiting to be a happy snowman. Yeah. Uh, but it does make all the difference. It's not just having the cocoa powder. It's that chocolate melting into the milk. Yes, yes. Um, maybe we... Uh, I don't know if we can do that tonight. Do we even have milk? Because they do Very want you... Less. Okay, this is good to know. We didn't realize this going in. I mean... You need, you should make hot chocolate with milk. It's not the same if you get the Swiss mist that you boil in water. It's, it's, it's not just the not the same. But this calls for milk and heavy cream if you really want to do it up. You don't need the heavy cream. No, you really don't. It's it's good enough on its own. And they give you plenty of marshmallows to, to put into it, too. Well, that should have been our first hint. This was like eight <laughs> marshmallows. And I went, that seems like a lot for a one person. But, you know, hey. In all fairness, we were leaving Disney Springs. I didn't read it. We just grabbed what we thought was a single portion you and we drove, moved on. drove. I wasn't reading. Um... So now, I guess, for the main event. I'm actually really excited to talk about this. I'm sure that you are. I am so um, excited. But you've been really holding on telling me about the full marathon experience, the full marathon weekend experience, because yeah. you wanted to wait until we were sitting down and recording so that, you know, it was a natural conversation and, uh, you know, it wasn't me hearing about it a second time. So, like, really, you've been very tight-lipped about the whole thing. So I'm excited to break this whole thing down. Um, I think we should start with, you know, last year um, you had done a couple of the races, but the difference was you were driving back and forth from home. You didn't stay over. This year, knowing that you were going full dopey, we planned ahead. We got you a hotel room at Universal, by the way, because they were significantly cheaper than they were here at Disney, um, so that at least for Saturday and Sunday, you could sleep a little bit later in the morning and 
you were more well rested to tackle the race and and not only sleep later but like you could get to bed earlier too because you were just on property and you were taking away all that back and forth um so just outside looking in I think that made a huge difference in your mentality and just the overall fatigue. I mean you're doing a 5k a 10k a half and a full like you're going to be fatigued no matter what but I think that helped you out a little bit but Thursday and Friday for your shorter distances I feel like that was more difficult because of all the back and forth coming from home it was um but before we get into all of that let's rewind and go back to expo day yes so a lot of people have been talking about expo um, and the issues at Expo that have since bled over into the Run Disney weekend over at Disneyland Resort if you did do the uh, Don't Be to Dumbo or the Coast to Coast. So, um, I left our house at about 7.30 in the morning. We're about an hour and 15 minutes from Disney, where we live down here, um, out on the coast in central Florida. And I did pull over to the side of the road to jump on the virtual queue when it opened. And I got into group 103. That's a very, very deep group. Um, If you know how the virtual queues work, it's very, very deep. The one item that I wanted was a dopey jacket because this was the first time I've done dopey. I don't need the I did it shirt for two reasons. Number one, we get a shirt for every race that we run as a part of our registration. But the other thing is, I'm extraordinarily superstitious. I do not buy shirts that say I did it until I've done it. And yet you've got people wearing them before the marathon. They're wearing it to the full marathon before it's done. Which, maybe you're not superstitious. Maybe you believe in yourself. I, I don't know, but I'm a very superstitious person. So we got to Expo, and... I Now, I, I got to Expo early, and I was able to get through um, 26 minutes. I timed it. From the time I got online to pick up my packet to the time I actually was walking out with my shirts was 26 minutes. That's extraordinarily fast. But I did have a, a, a very long wait. At that point, I had almost a four-hour wait ahead of me before I was able to go shopping for any of the merchandise. My understanding is that they were completely sold out of dopey jackets by 11 a.m. The expo opened at 10. And I know that they offered a pre-sale for Marathon Weekend merchandise when we registered. However, I'm not going to drop another hundred and whatever dollars eight months ahead of time on the off chance that the jacket doesn't fit. Because if that if my jacket did not fit me, by the time I got there, I could not have exchanged it for another jacket because they were all gone. Right. For reference, the jacket that I did end up buying was just one of the generic marathon weekend jackets. It's the white one. I love it. You're Frankly, wearing it now. I'm wearing it right now. I like it more than the dopey one if I'm being honest with you. So like no harm no foul. But I did have to buy a size up because they are cut very small. Had I bought one in my in my generic size, in my typical size, not only would it have not fit, but I wouldn't have been able to get one in my size because I bought the last the last one. 
that was an extra large. I wear a size large. I got the last extra large at the expo. So, um, you know, I, I think Run Disney needs to do a better job of making sure that there is merchandise available for those that are running the race. I think that you need to consider limiting it to one per person. You know, I understand that you like to be able, like let's say I had a friend that was coming in from out of town that was running dope. And I was there at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I got into the virtual queue very early. It's nice that I could buy for that person. Sure. It's a nice favor. But the resale and the resellers are out of control. That's the problem. It is it, they, just, just as gotten bad crazy. as when they announced that Splash Mountain was closing and people raided the souvenir shop at Splash Mountain. And a lot of them, and I'm not saying all, so don't at me, bro. Um, a lot of them are coming from Club Run Disney. Because if you do the math, the cheapest dopey shirt that, or dopey jacket that I saw going on eBay sold for $750. The jacket cost $74.99 at the expo. And if you have an annual pass holder discount, you're saving 20% on it. So, you could, in theory, pre-order two jackets. Club Run Disney got at least a one-day jump on merchandise. Sure. Plus, they got early entry on on Expo Day. And people can still jump on a virtual queue. Right. Conceivably, you can walk away with eight dopey jackets. And if if you're selling them for even a little bit less than that much... You pay for your Run Disney races, and you pay for your Club Run Disney membership, and you can, you know, run your race for free. If I was somebody that didn't have a moral compass, this seems like a great idea. But I have a moral compass, and I'm not going to do that. But I do believe Disney has to figure out a way to make sure, or maybe, like, certain items should be available for sale. Like, hold a certain amount of items... For the finish line because they do have merchandise for sale at the finish line and by the time I finished the full I swung through to see what was left of Dopey and it was like do you want a magnet? No. What else do you have? Another magnet. You know it's just they didn't have much left. I think that they're probably not ordering enough but they're also not doing enough in terms of cutting down on the resellers. I had friends that ran Dopey to Dumbo that were out in California that sent me pictures of people that were grabbing, when I tell you, 40, 50 t-shirts. For what? Because if you grab it, you have it in the size, they can't make you put it back. Yeah, and then everybody that you're buying for can come, and if you're if you're shopping for people, they can come and meet you at any point. What they the basically day. did was... They were like a personal shopping assistant yes. that took quote-unquote orders. And they knew, I need 10 extra larges, 4 mediums, 3 smalls, 5 larges in this t-shirt. I need 3 jackets in large, 2 in extra large, 1 in double X, 2 in extra small. And they went and collected everything. And they would just wait 
until people made their way through the virtual queue. And there was literally a cash exchange where you paid retail for the shirt or the jacket. Whatever their trouble is. Call it 20 bucks each. They were just handing cash over. I mean, I get where Run Disney is doing the pre-sale. I feel like that's sort of a detriment to the runner who legitimately wants a jacket and isn't sure about the sizing. But I feel like that's where they're sort of... Their, their heart is in the right place by trying to gauge the inventory. What I really can't understand about the resale is that, I mean, I watched you work so hard training. It took incredible discipline to do what you did and just such a self-awareness and to know the people that you ran with and the group that you guys have formed, you're just such good people. Running a marathon is not something you can just wake up and decide you're doing one day. It really does take a lot of effort and a lot of planning. So what I don't understand is how a person can care so much to achieve a goal like that where there's this duality where you're doing something so shady as to do the resale. I mean, to your point, yeah, you said if you had no moral compass, like your your membership is paid for. Your races are paid for. Your trip to California, if you're doing coast-to-coast, is probably paid for. But I just can't wrap my mind around the people that we know that are a part of the running team, that are wonderful people, doing something like that on the back end and and just being that shady, you know? When most of you are fundraising, for the Dream Team Project, which is affiliated with Makeaway. Like, th- that's what I just don't understand is it's just this insane juxtaposition of how you can do something so amazing and something so horrible at the same time. Well, because, and, and for those that don't know, when we talk about the running team, we mean the WDW radio running team. Um, my rep, you know, my, my example of this has remained the same. Um, professional athletes are the top of their craft. Oh, they are the most... True. They are the most physically able people in what they do disciplined yeah incredibly disciplined incredibly talented how many of them have been arrested how many of them get suspended for domestic abuse and get to come back Ray Rice knocked out his girlfriend on camera and dragged her by the ankles out of an elevator and got honored last month as a Baltimore Ravens legend. Wow. Because he won a Super Bowl. Of course, he was never able to play a game after the video caught him doing that, but he got his day as a legend. It doesn't matter how disciplined you are if you're a trash bag of a human being at the end of the day. But I'm not going to delve any deeper on that. Um, I think that it's a shame that the resellers exist. I do believe that Disney plays a hand in the resellers existing because if you ordered more, I'm not saying enough because you don't want to have a surplus. They are a business, but you know how quickly things sell out. If you ordered more merchandise, there would be less inventory for the resellers to put up on eBay because more of the actual runners would be able to buy what they want and go on with their merry lives. But be that as it may, let's move on off of that. Um, And let's talk about the 5K. Something that I I appreciated uh, and I noticed it through the expo and into the 5K was that 
Run Disney didn't change the playlist from last year's marathon weekend, That's which right. was the 30th. So it was a lot of Disney afternoon. It was well, a lot was of that 90s. 90s. Theme. It was yeah. awesome. Um, so, like, a lot of fun out of the rip. However, and this is where I'm going to be critical of Club Run Disney again. Club Run Disney has its benefits. If you're willing to pay, which to me I'm not, if you're willing to pay, you can get the ease of knowing that you don't have to stress through registration day. I get it. If you're going to do four out of four race weekends, I get it. Personally, I'm going to do two out of four, at best three out of four. I'm never going to run Princess because that always runs the same weekend as Gasparilla over in Tampa. It's not, I'm not in the target demographic to run Princess. So there's no incentive for me to be a, a, a member of Club Run Disney. But in certain levels of Club Run Disney, an incentive is preferred corral placement. I have a very big problem with this, and it was evident, especially at the 5K. It got better at the 10K. By the time we got to the half and the full, it wasn't really an issue at all. But I have a big issue with having nonsensical corral placement at these Run Disney races, starting specifically with the 5K. Now, I'm going to say this. And I, I, I'm, I'm putting the disclaimer out there. I do not believe I am an, an elite athlete. I do not want to come off as an elite athlete. I am not. I think that the fact that Run Disney has 5Ks where you cannot get swept is a beautiful thing. I think that they're inclusive. I think they're inspirational. Everybody should have the opportunity to start a race and cross the finish line and receive a medal at a run Disney race. Especially with it being, you know, it's the first weekend of the new year. A lot of people are like, you know, resetting their fitness goals for the year. And this is like the first part of it. That really is a wonderful thing. But with that also comes a lot of people who are inexperienced with running. And that's fine. You got, you got to cut your teeth somewhere. Um, it's it's really the people who are doing it for the gram That's that my are problem. making this an issue. So you, you don't you scared the life out of me, honestly, when you texted me. I I thought your dopey was done before it started. So did I. So you get people that have never run a race before. Okay, fine. They don't understand race etiquette. Okay. Not not really well, fine, but it is what it is. Waiver and there are videos. Hold that thought, please. I will. Um, we'll pull the pin right out of that. Don't worry. The fact that you get people, and I, I will tell you, as somebody that is a runner that is a part of the Run Disney community, call me a geek, but I like to watch runner videos on YouTube, okay? You do a lot. You do very often. It has astonished me in the last couple of years, especially post-pandemic, how many people post videos going, I got swept at Run Disney, and then go, I mean, I didn't really train at all, but I got swept. You guys, I got swept. 
Because it's clickbait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's clickbait. Good for you on your platform that you were able to get clicks, but there is a level of safety that is being ignored at certain run Disney races. You have to provide a time that you believe you will finish the race in. And you're on the honor system. As I learned this this particular uh, race weekend, most people lie. I was very upfront about I'm an 11-minute miler. All right, I am what I am. I'm not going to claim to be faster than that. I got placed in Corral C for the full and the half, which I had anticipated. It wasn't until I got home that night because they gave you two different bips for Dopey. I got placed in D for the half, or sorry, for the 5K and the 10K, and I went, whoa, I don't think I'm okay with this. So not only are you not with anyone from your team, you're also with people who are a lot less experienced than you. Which is fine if you understand the etiquette. The problem is a lot of people don't, either because they're new to it, which isn't their fault, or you're an influencer moron. I don't care. I don't care. I'm 37 years old. I'll call you a moron. And you're just there for clicks. Um, I got tripped at the start line. The effing start line of the 5K. And in slow motion, in my mind, I said to myself, my dopey is over before it even starts. Because John and Carissa, who we all love, if you if you know, you know, run Disney community. Three, two, one, go! Fireworks. Well, explain for the non-run Disney community who John and Carissa are. They are your your hosts of of all the run Disney races. John Pelkey and uh, Carissa Galloway. Um, they're fantastic. They actually have a really good podcast, 321Go Podcast. If you're interested in Run Disney or just in them in general, go check out 321Go. They're awesome. And Carissa Galloway is affiliated with the Galloway training that you do. Correct? She is married to Jeff Galloway's son, Weston. Okay. Um, but she's a nutritionalist. She had a background in this. And I mean, she's awesome. She just put out a new book, actually. That's all on social media. Go check out 321Go. But anyway, um, they do the countdown. I'm the second row, the first wave of D Corral. Um, the girl in front of me takes about two steps and starts running. I take two steps. The row behind me takes two steps. She realizes into her third step, she needs to take her video for the grab and stops. Not stops running. Stops stop. moving. I put the brakes on mid-stride to not barrel her over, which was a mistake. I should have knocked her on the ground, frankly. Um, I got stepped on from the person behind me that did not anticipate that two steps in, you're going to stop. And I got tripped at the the start line of the 5K. I caught myself on her because at that point I didn't care. And I was able to keep going. But let me tell you something. My plan the whole time was to more or less like walk through the 5K to save myself. And save your, yeah, save it for the full. I sure. ran the 5K so fast because I, go. I couldn't wait for the 5 No, not just because I had to go. I couldn't wait for it to be over. That's what I'm saying. You needed to go and get yourself out of there. I have run a lot of races in a lot of places. I've run a lot of different distances. 
I have never felt unsafe running a run Disney race until I ran this 5K. What bothers me most about it, aside from the fact that you were put in jeopardy, and of course I don't want to see you hurt, but I don't want to see all of your training be all for naught. What really is upsetting about the whole thing is that Run Disney, for the 5K, supposedly randomized these corrals. So it wasn't going by your your timing. I don't want to speak in absolutes because I find that hard to believe. But, yeah, because but, some people, some valid sources are saying yes, they did. Other valid sources are saying no, they didn't. And I don't want to feed the rumors because we don't know which is true. However, case in point is that you guys are signing waivers to do these marathons. Part of that waiver also includes that you know runner's etiquette. And unfortunately, people like the person in front of you are going to slip through the cracks. But the other end of that is that you're signing the waiver so that Run Disney has your money. Run Disney is the only kind of race where if you are injured, they will not defer you to the following year. Yeah. Um, they, ha- they will not bib swap. Like, they have your money and that is it. So what's upsetting to me is that they put you in a position where, and like money aside, you worked so hard for this. They're putting you in jeopardy and they're not going to do anything about it if you get injured because you signed that waiver. Right. And that's not fair. So, my argument has been that for every race, just to clear run Disney of their fault in any part of this, at the expo, they were giving away run Disney headbands through DVC. You had to play this little game on your app to win. To unlock the game or the code to play the game, you had to watch a three-minute video. It was a three-minute commercial on DBC. And people were doing it to get the free headband. I did it. Myself. I'm not saying I didn't. I'm as guilty as they are. But if Disney knows enough to make you watch a three-minute video commercializing their... Uh, timeshare for all intents and purposes they should figure out a way where you have to watch the one minute one minute etiquette video before you can sign the digital waiver which they make everybody sign prior to a race that way if somebody signs the digital waiver they have to watch the video and if they so choose to ignore the etiquette so be it but at least it tells me that Run Disney is trying yes um, I do believe that they do need to make an adjustment to the corrals. I think there needs, I think there, there needs to be more of them. Um, and I think that if it is true that they are randomizing the corrals, that that needs to change. Because I do know somebody that will tell you she does 15 minutes a mile. She, she ended up in corral A with people that run 730s. And she even said, I don't know why I'm here. So... I do think that there needs to be an adjustment made. But that's the 5K. Let's move on. Well, that was... You also did breakfast after. after oh, that's day. right. We because I have yes. to say, after now you've been through all this, you couldn't wait to get through the 5K just so that you're not, you know, putting yourself in jeopardy. Uh, just to tell you what a gem of a human that Sean is. He got up 
at 1.30 in the morning, left the house, drove to Epcot, ran a 5K, and then comes back with Tonga Toast from the Kona Cafe for me. Like, I don't know who does that, but you did, and I so appreciate it. Husbands that know better. I was was saving myself because I knew I was eating a Tonga Toast, so it was self-preservation at that point. $16 insurance policy. It was very much appreciated. It was such a pleasant surprise. I was certainly not expecting it after everything that you went through that morning, but it was very much appreciated. So, the 10K, my God, was it cold. It was 47 degrees, I think, was About the what high. what it is now. I was, I mean, I ran in gloves. I ran in a in a winter cap with, like, a whole head wrap on it. I did not. And you enjoy. had your long pants on, too. You yeah. did both of the, I, I have to say, I was very impressed with the fits for your 5K and the 10K because you weren't in your full WDW running gear. Uh, you had your Tron shirt, which I loved, for the 5K. And then your Captain America shirt for the 10K. Insert your, I could do this all day. America's, you know what, on your left joke here. I I inserted all of them, believe me. He didn't hear the end of it. It was great. Um, But it was so cold that day. So, so cold. But I felt the pacing was better because starting from the 10K on, you can get swept by the balloon ladies. And you're also weeding out some of the people that don't have as much experience. Right. Um, And the influencers that are, you know... They got their pictures for the weekend. Exactly. Moving on from there. uh, Let's talk about the half marathon. This is kind of like the big conversation piece, right? Well, you... uh, uh, Bless you. After the 10K, you went to work that night. Yep. And then you went out to check into your yes. uh, hotel at Universal on Friday night. So I do want to talk a little bit about that because you have now stayed at Endless Summer for two race weekends because it back was cheaper back. than Disney. Yes. Um, I've still not been. The vacation planner has still not been. I mean, I've been to Universal, but I've not stayed at the hotel. I've seen pictures of it. Um, it, it looks lovely. It looks like a Disney moderate resort for value prices. Is I love it. kind of what I think. So, Endless Summer, to me, 14 minutes without traffic from the resort to the Epcot parking lot. So, if you are a local, or if you are staying with a local, or if you are going to rent a vehicle, that's the way to go. Because the same amount of time you spend on a bus... You spend driving yourself over to Epcot, um, but you're in your own car. You're not with a bunch of other people. You leave when it's convenient for you, um, and it's it's a lot cheaper. Now, if you need to rent a car, especially with what it costs to rent a car right now, um, maybe it's not the best idea. Um, at that point, you may be breaking even staying on property at Disney, but... For locals, it's a pretty good alternative. I love staying there. I'll be staying there again uh, for Wine and Dine 2024 for sure. Um, Very reasonably priced, very clean. The staff there is excellent. Check-in was quick. I mean, the rooms are awesome. The pool bar is great. The pool itself is great. I think the food on property for a value, quote-unquote, I think it's quite good. Um... I absolutely love staying at Endless Summer, and I will be staying there again. Um, I'll book you. Yeah, sure. I know I, I know a guy. Um, 
But the, all right, let's talk about the half. We found out at about 4.30 in the afternoon on Friday. Yes. That the half had been cut down to 7.1 miles. I mean, all week they had been saying that this storm was rolling in. We so knew it like, was going to rain. They were very much tracking it. We knew we were getting rain, probably lightning. So I get Run Disney's stance on safety first. It was just unfortunate that... It had it a very, it had a split reaction because I understood that Run Disney had to make a very difficult decision. However, every forecast had the thunder and lightning coming in after 11 o'clock. We would have been done with the race prior to 10. If anybody paid attention to Jamie King, who, by the way, Jamie King, thank you very much, just recently, as of the other day, retired from Fox 35, so he's done. Uh, enjoy your retirement, Jamie King, and congratulations and best of luck to Brooks Gardner. Um, to to know these are now Fox Thirty Five to me. If you're coming in from in uh, coming in from out of town, West is good. Uh, uh, NBC Two, but Fox Thirty Five to me has been the most reliable when it comes to their forecasts. So follow Fox Thirty Five. That's my suggestion. Um, they had been saying after 11 o'clock was when the thunderstorms were coming in, and they got it right. Um, in fact, we didn't get any thunder or lightning. Um, and so there was a very split-down-the-middle reaction. I understood why Disney made the decision, or Run Disney made the decision that they had to make for the safety of the runners. But it ended up being all for naught because we could have run through that rain. Um, they've run through worse rain in the past, and in fact, we ran through worst rain on Sunday. <laughs> on Sunday. Um, but that lightning never came. Run Disney's in the impossible position to think safety first. I defend their decision, but there were a lot of there were a lot of forecasts that were saying that we would have been in the clear. It turns out that they were right. Um, but I'm not going to shame Disney or Run Disney for making that decision. I'm also not going to shame. Uh, those that decided that they were not going to finish the distance. A lot of people took it very personally that there were people that did not finish 13.1 miles on Saturday. A lot of people did. I so choose to because it was my first dopey. But I'm not going to hold it against anybody that said, you know what, I'll take the 7.1. I'll pocket the other six miles. Save your energy. But... I think, you know, while it's it's not okay to shame the people who decided to sit it out, I think that you should be praised that you did it. Um, because you're humble and you're not going to toot your own horn. I was super proud of you for saying, you know what, I want to get these miles in and I want to finish. And I can personally attest that for those that did donate to Sean's uh, GoFundMe for the Dream Team Project affiliated with Make-A-Wish and donated $10 Per mile is what you pledged. I wanted to make sure we got those miles. And, well, you did get your miles in. You made sure that you did your full dopey, and you finished, um, and I have to shout out uh, Bill, who finished with you. You guys made a pact that if it got rained out, you were going to finish on the treadmills, and uh, you did, and he got you into his hotel. Yes. And you guys used the gym, and you finished the treadmills, and you were not the only ones doing it. There a lot of people, There were a yeah. couple people that were in there making sure that they finish their half in, yeah. in full full value. Yeah, my teammate Bill, he was staying over at Saratoga Springs. A lot of the running team was staying over there. Um, and we went to the gym over by Senses Spa. A really beautiful gym, by the way. Um, I want to check out the really beautiful spa, honestly. It's a great resort. Um, a lot of people had their bibs on and were jumping on and we kind of were firing each other up. Um, inside, nice and dry, as dry as we could be. Um, 
and uh, we were as dry as we could be until about 7 o'clock in the morning on Sunday when it came to running the full marathon. Now, we knew those who uh, followed the forecast, specifically over at Fox 35, uh, knew that there was a 10% chance of rain going into, uh, into Sunday, into the full. We didn't know that it would rain as hard as it did. And I ran with about a dozen other people. Apparently, I was the only person that knew that there was that 10% chance. Now, I could go to OTB or on the app and bet on a 10-to-1 shot right now <laughs> at any racetrack and lose. But I somehow managed to uh, cash in on a 10-to-1 shot over at... Uh, marathon weekend, we were, and I'm the idiot that had a poncho in the packaging in his pocket and got doused on. Uh, well, let me tell you why, though. Knowing everything that I just talked about when it comes to runner's courtesy, when it started running har- uh, raining hard, we were running through Tron, which was awesome, by the way. And I said, okay, our group always uses the, fan, uh, the Frontierland bathrooms. So when we use the bathroom, at that point, I'm in a hallway. I'm, I have a roof ahead, of, you know, above me. I'll put my poncho on. I mean, in theory, once you're wet, you don't get wetter. I was just doing this for the sake of trying to stay comfortable. But I didn't want to open up a poncho on a very narrow pathway. I said, I'll wait. We got to the Frontierland bathrooms, and they were closed. Uh, They were coned off, and cast members were telling us, nope, keep going. They told us, you can use the bathrooms towards the exit of the park. uh, The bathrooms towards the exit of the park were six porta-potties. Oh, no. Which we had to stand in the rain to use. And by the way, two of them were locked closed, so you couldn't use them. I'm sorry. But for the cost of nearly an annual pass for the year? Yeah, do better. I want to be able to use a bathroom. Do better. I understand if we're in the middle of God's country having to use a porta potty. But yeah, to take if you're on one of the highways in between yeah. parks, but you're in a park. Those bathrooms should all be open. And they always have been. Yeah. So you like strategize based upon where the bathrooms are. So if you know the bathroom's always open, you strategize your run based upon it. Sure. I'll be honest with you, I had a great time. We finished, we took some great photographs. There were some really good character stops. Um, I am so proud of my dopey medal. I've been wearing it. I've taken some great pictures with it. And I would suggest to anybody that wants to do Run Disney, if you have the 48.6 in you to do Dopey, but this was not the most impressive Run Disney weekend that I have experienced to the point where next year, 2025, I've already said I'll do Goofy because I really enjoyed doing the full, which was almost independent of doing it here and more about doing it with my friends and with my teammates and I'll do the half because I just like that distance but I will not do the 5k and I will not do the 10k I'm doing the 10k at spring surprise because I'm I already registered for it but moving forward until such time that they make some adjustments with the corrals and with everything else I'm just not incentivized especially for the cost to do 5ks and 10ks at run Disney 
Yeah. I mean, you guys kind of went through the ringer. Besides the 5K and the 10K, that weather, I felt so bad for you because I had a dopey first of my own this weekend. I got to, or that weekend, I should yeah. say. Um, I came out to cheer for you. And on yes. my way, on my drive-in, I had to pull over. The rain was so bad. And I was like, I can't even imagine. I can't see driving, and I don't feel comfortable driving in this. I can't even imagine what it's like running in it right now. Um, well, when it did clear up, it was really nice. I'm sure it was really nice for running conditions because it wasn't crazy hot. Kept us cool, that's for sure. But um, it was so much fun cheering for you guys. Uh, we got our spot with the WZW running team at the boardwalk, or not with the running team, the cheer squad with Lou Mangello at the boardwalk. And um, there was nothing like it. I mean, to know what you guys had been through for the past three days and that this was the home stretch and to see everyone come around that last turn for the boardwalk. So the boardwalk is mile 24 out of the 26. So it, it is really that final push that you guys need to get you through into Epcot and over that finish line. And there was nothing like seeing everybody turn around that final bend when you come from Swan and Dolphin into the boardwalk area. And we had a group of about probably like 20. 15, 20 people. Um, and what was really nice is that even though we weren't running, we were kind of all in it together. So it was, you know, it was parents who had their kids running. It was, it was kids who had their parents running. It was spouses. So anytime we saw that WDW radio blue that you guys run in, we lost our damn minds. Like, we didn't care who it was. It didn't have to be your person. But when we knew someone's person was coming, we got so excited. And it truly was so excited. It was such an emotional experience to watch you guys achieve this um, and to see you come through together. It was just really heartwarming. Because uh, you got, try as you might, you tried to stay together. You guys kind of did it in, like, couples as far as getting over. Like, it would have been nice to do it as a group, but you guys were, you know, it's it's the last day. Everybody's running on fumes. It, it's really difficult, but um, it's it's just, it was just so cool to witness, and um, you guys should be unbelievably proud of what you accomplished. You guys got us over. We As soon as we pulled away, I looked at Bill, and Bill looked at me, and he was like, was that the best cheer squad ever? And I go, I, I think that was the best cheer squad ever. Like, we were ready to run through a wall after uh, after you guys. And, I mean, like, you guys gave us that pep and that fire that we needed to finish the race. But with all of that being said, um, for its warts, I would suggest doing Run Disney. I think Run Disney does need to make adjustments for the safety of those that are participating. Um I'll be back for Spring Surprise, and then we all take a break until Wine and Dine. That has not gone on sale yet, but I know for certain that I will be registering for uh, Wine and Dine for the half marathon. That's my spirit animal. That's my favorite race weekend. Um, and then I'll be talking to you, uh, my travel agent, to book um, a room over at Endless Summer to, uh, to spend the weekend. So... Following Marathon Weekend, um, it was a holiday weekend. We were locked out of the parks, uh, which actually ended up being okay because I was flying up to New York to visit my family because I didn't get to see them for the holidays. Um, so we decided <laughs> that it would be a good idea to check out the new character warehouse uh, in Orlando. Well, it's not new. It's been it's, there. It's new to us. It's new, new to us. us. We've never been... 
Um, we just thought it was a good way to kill time before my flight. Like, we weren't going to go. Well, we couldn't go to the parks. We were locked out. But, like, we weren't going to come to Springs or do anything like that. Um, we wanted to check out the character warehouse anyway. But more specifically, you wanted to see if said run Disney jackets that had sold out so quickly had maybe trickled their way down. Or if there was any run Disney if, merch. Yeah, if, if any returns had been made because they do wind up at the outlet center. Right. Because, and that's also where there's... I, we didn't touch on this. It, it's high risk, high reward when you're doing these resales on the jackets because you can return them. So if you don't end up selling them on eBay, you can just return them at any run Disney or any run Disney, listen to me, any Disney store. Get your money back. And you back. get your money back. So you're making a profit no matter what. But anyway, we went to the character warehouse and... Um, I don't want to say that I'm never going back because we had some really good empanadas at the outlets, but I I can't think of a more nightmare scenario. I don't know if it was that I, if it was that a holiday week it was a holiday weekend. I don't know if it was the time of day that we went. Um, For it, reference, we were there on a Saturday during a holiday weekend at three o'clock in the afternoon. Probably not the best time. Probably to be not. There. But what I wasn't expecting was okay. I guess we need to rope drop the outlets if we're going to Character Warehouse. Apparently, we do because there's there's no parking unless you're going to pay for it. There is a now parking we're at Vineland. Garage. We're at Vineland, by the way. Yes, because there's Vineland and it's Lakeland. We were at Vineland. We were at Vineland. Yeah, Lakeland. I have to imagine is where it's at because I feel it's more of like a standalone entity. And when they say Character Warehouse, I feel like it's bigger. This is, like, no bigger than the Michael Kors at the outlets. Yeah. It's tight. Um, parking was an absolute nightmare. They do have a parking garage, uh, but it's $12. And then they have priority parking, which is what we ended up doing because now we're running out of time before my flight. We parked for, like, $8 in one of the priority spots. Um, and we weren't in that store for more than, like, seven no. minutes. It, the store was easy, easy enough to find on its own. But once you got in there... It, it, it was bedlam. It, it was crazy. It, it was it, wild. It was like, you know, you hear these horror stories of people fighting over the 50th anniversary merch. We talked about it quite a bit where, you know, people were fighting over the lounge flies. It was like that all over again. I mean, the, the discounts are pretty significant. substantial. The pricing is... Yeah, it, it's good. Yeah, twenty nine dollars for a lounge it. it's fly. It's not but... worth punching somebody. It's not worth fighting with somebody. It's not worth stepping on somebody. It's not worth it for us. But just to get any of these things for for a twenty two dollar spirit jersey for some people, it's worth knocking over a child. No, and what I couldn't get over was that you know, like we we didn't typically do things like this, but like we've also gone shopping on like Black Friday in New York. Yeah. So I'm like, how bad could this be? Oh, no, this was bad. I could not wait to get out of there. Usually in situations like this, like, Sean has a foot on me. I will just crouch down, bury my head, and, and just, like, watch him and see where he's going, and he's got to navigate through. But even even that was difficult to do because people were just cutting in front of you and pushing and shoving, and it, it, it was just awful. It is not an experience I am looking forward to having again. And quite frankly, if we didn't have such bomb empanadas that day, I would not be going back there at all. But they got moonshine. It might be something that if, we might. If you're gonna go check and spend out, a day, yeah. If you're gonna go spend a day, the eateries were really good. A lot of bars. If you're willing to go for the day, then you pay for the parking. 
Um, and if you don't buy anything at Character Warehouse, you can live without it. Now, the discounts there were steep. I mean, they were very, very good discounts. Um, uh, would I go back again? Yes. Am I going back again tomorrow? Hell no. Um, but I would go back again, and I would spend some time. I wouldn't get there in the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday of a holiday weekend. I would get there in more the in the morning. But um, I would check it out for Christmas shopping, but, like, not in sure. peak season. I would go, like, end of October, early November. Yeah. Um, so, as we mentioned, um, this was before my flight to New York. I came back uh, yesterday, actually. Yeah. And Sean picked me up from the airport, and we went right to Magic Kingdom to see one last hurrah of the guys that turned me on, turning me down. Um, so before we went to see the Country Bears, uh, we had dinner at um, Tony's yeah. town, town Square, which was a first for us. Um, it was, you know, I figured I was going to be flying in. My flight was midday. I was able to snag a reservation uh, for like 4.45. It was an easy reservation to get. And I was like, I'm going to be coming off the plane. I'm going to be hungry. Why not get dinner? Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I think what I liked most about the restaurant itself was that it was very heavily themed, obviously, to Lady and the Tramp, which was super cute. But they didn't sacrifice Main Street USA in favor of Lady and the Tramp. You yeah. still very much got the integrity of Main Street USA. Like, I totally believe this is what, like, a diner or an Italian restaurant would look like in Marceline, Missouri. Um, so I thought that that was really cool. And they still had enough Lady and the Tramp where you still felt immersed in the film through all of the drawings on the wall. And um, we actually got seated. We got very lucky. Yeah. We got seated right in front of the window where they have the Lady and the Tramp silhouettes eating their, their uh, spaghetti. So that was fun. Um, food was really great. We food got the good. breadsticks, uh, which... Was, you know, comes highly recommended. I feel like that's like the thing to get when you when you go there. Uh, but they do a Parmesan sauce, which was, was really delicious. nice. It was absolutely delicious. We also made the mistake of getting mozzarella sticks for our appetizer on top of that. Uh, and they come, what we didn't realize, instead of being like a basket of like six mozzarella sticks, which is what you'd expect They're about a foot order, long each. Uh, foot long, yeah, it's like a hot dog. Um, and they are in a spicy tomato vodka sauce. It's, it's To a it's point where I was like, I don't spice. understand how they serve this to children. Or that this is a family restaurant. And Way they're too not, spicy. Yeah, and that they're just going to put this in front of kids. Um, otherwise, though, the food was very good. I got the tortellini, which is baked. Uh, baked under more cheese, which is what I needed at that point. Um... But it's, well, the, uh, don't worry, the person at the table next door made sure to say she, out loud, "Yes, if I ate this much cheese, I'd die." Well, she, some of us hope you do, and and we moved on. She she was very mouthy about what we decided to eat for dinner. Like it affected her somehow. Yeah. Oh, if we weren't at Disney, and in logo gear, <laughs> and <laughs> in logo gear. Uh, I was just tempting. Between the mozzarella and then you had that, and then I had a, a chicken ala uh, chicken. Um, uh, Alfredo. Yes. She's like, you if I... Alfredo kick I know. But she's like, if I had that much cheese, I would die. Well, you're not having that much cheese. Move along. Like, it's... Mind your business. Go about. Um, yeah, I thought that it was very good. I don't think it's better than Terralina, but I think Terralina is a good Italian restaurant in general. 
Um, but if you're looking for like an elevated um, dining experience in Magic Kingdom, definitely would point you towards Tony's. I don't think you'll be disappointed, but if you cannot handle spice, you've got to ask them to put that sauce on the side or see if they'll swap it for a regular marinara sauce. To your point, kids want mozzarella sticks. It's obscene how spicy that sauce was. To me, hands down, best restaurant in Magic Kingdom is Skipper Canteen. Yep. But this is the perfect alternative for families where if you want a good quality meal, aside from the spicy mozzarella sticks, the Skipper Canteen menu is a little bit adventurous. This is, I think, just a good standard. Everyone will find something that they love. If you've got picky eaters, even if you're not with children, if you've got picky eaters, like this is the way to go because Skipper Canteen, it's delicious. You can't touch them when it comes to their meats. They're incredible, but it is a very elevated menu. You have to have a certain... It's a foodie menu. Is, it is. is really what it is. You it have is. to have a more... Uh, a, a bigger palate to want to experience something like that. Um, but we really enjoyed our meal. Then we went... So the main reason we went there was to see the, the swan song of the country bears. But before that, because I... I Oh will not finish this podcast without mentioning it. Sean wanted to get a picture in front of the castle, as well he should, with his medals. So we did that. We, uh, we have the um, Disney photographer... The photo uh, pass. The photo pass attached to our AP. So we had them do it because it was lovely. The sun was setting. It was getting dusky. Um, the lighting was perfect. Um but in all fairness, what I really wanted to do, I had seen the picture on Run Disney and I sent it to you and I was like, this is really cool. We should do it. They had taken all of the medals and they must have put them like on a dowel, on a dowel. or something. No, that's I told upper. you that's what they did after the fact. Well, we didn't have one of those and we didn't have a photography team. But what we did was they hung them on the dowel and they held it up in front of the castle so that the castle was their background. And I was like, this would be a really great shot. Let's do it. So since we didn't have a dowel, we had Sean's arm. Not realizing how he- well, I kind of knew how heavy they were because they were in whose backpack, Sean? Yours. Yes, thank you. So I've been carrying them around all day. Sean stored them in plastic bags so they didn't scuff. We unwrap every single one. This is after he's taken the picture in front of the castle, put them away, and then we got closer to the castle, took them back out, and strung them on his arm. And I was trying to get the right angle so that you didn't see his arm, just like these really cool medals dangling. And th- this gentleman whose name I wish I had gotten so my arm was so tired him. I could not not only could I not hold my arm up anymore but the two minutes that I had my left arm held straight my shoulder is still sore the next day oh those suck two it up. Minutes, you're in a marathon you'll be fine yeah guess what everything I did in those four days was easier than holding up my arm for those two minutes the, the me holding up my left arm for those two minutes with all of those medals was harder than any two minutes I did that entire marathon weekend, and that's not no over exaggeration. Oh, cry me a river. Anyway, this gentleman whose name I really wish that I had gotten so that I could thank him properly, uh, he comes up to Sean because he's seeing the plight. I'm like, on, I'm taking a knee to get the correct angle of the castle, and. You know, you would think, like, when you're offering to spot somebody at a gym, like, hey, man, can I help you out? No. Guy walks up to Sean and was like, 
hey man, can I hold your hand? And I immediately go, <laughs> yes. I could have asked you to do anything you would say yes. Yes, you can. But he was so nice, and he supported the rest of your arm, and it really did make all of the difference in the pictures that we were able to get. But I, I said to him after the fact, I was like, man, you're the MVP here. Like, that was awesome. It was just such a nice offer that he tagged in. Um, hilarious. Um so then we went over to see the Country Bears, and my God, every time we see them, I forget how inappropriate that I show is. I love it, and I'm so upset. Those I'm upset bears it's gone. are thirsty. It is no wonder they are revamping this music with Disney songs. If it had been anybody but Mac McAnally, I probably would be furious about this. But because it's Mac, I can, I trust. I trust the process. Um. But yeah, no, I'm glad we got to see them one more time. Um, I'm hoping that uh, when they redo this, I think, you know, a little zhuzh of the fur is called for. You know, they're they're looking a little uh, a little worse for their wear. But what I'm hoping is that we don't get all new animatronics, where it's going to be like very smooth and very fluid. Like I still want the jankiness. You want Lester's Possum Park. Exactly, exactly. Or like the eyes that don't blink in tandem with each other. I want like one eye looking over here and the other looking over one there. One eye's looking at me and the other <laughs> eye's looking at Rick. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. And then we shot over to um, Haunted Mansion. Because we've still not seen Hatbox Ghost yet. Up until that Up point. Up until yep. that point. And we saw him and... I'm not impressed, I hate to say. I mean, he's cool, and I'm happy we have him, just not there. And I know that everybody... His placement makes no sense. No, and I know everybody's harping on, it doesn't make sense that he's coming before Madame Leota, because she's the one that summons them. And yes, story-wise, it doesn't make sense for that, but the other thing to me is that aesthetic-wise, it doesn't look right where it is. Like... The Haunted Mansion slowly dissolves... One of the things I love about it, at least, is that it slowly dissolves from spooky into, like, silly fun. And that's still very much the scary part, where you're not seeing any of the ghosts yet. You're not having, like, these cartoon ghosts come out. You're still having these invisible spirits and things suspended in the air. So where it is at the end of the hallway where the candelabra is floating... He looks so cartoonish. It just doesn't make sense for that location. Like, anywhere else I would have been fine with. Like, put him in the graveyard. Put him... I would have really liked to see him, honestly, like, it, like you know, blue sky, big dream here. I would have liked to see him in the attic and see a storyline where he is one of Constance's husbands. Right. I think that would have been cool, but it... I don't know. It just feels very disjointed to me. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that uh, in the next couple of weeks because we do have our Haunted Mansion review coming up. Um, and then what we were not expecting, because from the time that Sean picked me up to the airport, we knew we had to be home by 10 o'clock to get back for the dog. Uh, so we didn't think we were going to get fireworks in that night. And because there was a ticketed event after, it was 40 degrees and freezing. So God bless if you went. God bless if you worked it. Um, since they were having a ticketed event, happily was at 8 o'clock, so we managed to snag that in before we left. Oh, another thing that we snagged in. How could I forget? Oh, 
Um, we wanted another little nosh, so we went to the confectionery because we were up towards the front of the park and we figured we'd grab a snack on the way out. We're not big confectionery people, by the way. Yeah, because you're not a sweet person, which you've ever said there. like twice on this podcast it's, already, it's and we've dopey. had nothing but dessert. I, I, I blame Dopey for all of this. Sure. We went to the confectionery and we got the Twix Blondie, and good Lord, we've been enlightened. Oh my God. It was so good. It was unbelievable. And with a pass holder discount, $5.95. So cheap for the two of us. And, like, to eat half of it was, like, enough. More than that, it would have been too much. Yeah. But. No, and it was pretty much easy in, easy out. The crowds weren't that bad. Um, We were back on the monorail by, like, 825. Yeah. Uh, no, we were back on a tram, I think, by 825. We were back in the car by a little after... Well, it was right around 845 by the time we got in the car. Yeah, no, it wasn't bad at all. And then that leads us to today. As I mentioned earlier, we are coming from Epcot. We wanted to do our first day of Festival of the Arts. Uh, so we met up with our friends Kelly and Pat, who you've heard on the show before. Um, we painted the mural. Yep. Those of us who were not in our white marathon weekend jacket painted the mural. Um, I sat that one out. And then we went to celebrate Kelly clearing $1 million in sales, which is just huge. It's a huge accomplishment in and of itself. The fact that she did it in such a short time like blows my mind. Uh, so we went to France. We got a little celebratory champagne. Um, you and Pat went on Guardians, and Kelly and I actually recorded a bonus episode, which we're going to be dropping, uh, well, when you're hearing this, it'll drop later today, um, where we just talk about what it's like to be a travel agent, because I've been doing it for five years. Um, she's had a lot of success with it, so it was kind of cool to sit down and have a one-on-one. I'm a very big fan of, um... Varieties actors on actors series like I love when they sit down and just sort of level with each other instead of like having that hard format of interviewer interviewee so that was kind of my inspiration to do this and just sit down and pick each other's brains so we had a lot of fun with that yeah and Pat and I had an absolute blast uh, jumping on Guardians I got a song I haven't gotten before I got uh, Flock of Seagulls I ran um Always a great attraction to get on. And then, uh, you know, we shot over here to, uh, to record our uh, Dockside chat. So, I mean, that's, that's it. That's our entire Dockside. Very action-packed Dockside chat. And um, we've got a really great giveaway this month, as we do every month. Um, we're going to put this out on social media. Um, a, a straw charm from our dear friends over at the Hidden Mickey Supply Co. Can I do this one? Sure. Because I, I have an idea. Okay. Um, so, usually our winner is the first person to send us a code word that we give out. It will still be the first person, so you can DM us or email us, monorealradio at gmail.com. Uh, but it's not going to be a code word. It's going to be a phrase, which is, I want to hold your hand. <laughs> You're not even a Beatles fan. No, but I don't think you can even understand how much joy this guy brought me last night. 
Well, there you go. I want to hold your hand. I want to so hold your hand. DM us um, at Monoreal Radio on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, or you can email us, monorealradio at gmail.com. I want to hold your hand. And the first person will get a straw charm from the Hidden Mickey Supply Co. Thank you all so much for joining us this and every week on Monoreal Radio. And we invite you to join the conversation by DMing us on social media we are on all major platforms at monoreal radio or you can email us monorealradio at gmail.com um, please be sure to like subscribe and rate us on your podcast platform of choice and share us uh, if you have an episode that you think a family or uh, family member or friend would enjoy we always encourage you to please share that episode with your family and friend and for all things related to the show we are going to be online at monorealradio.com. For Jackie, I'm Sean. Have a magical week, everyone.